You are listening to The Bob and Kevin Show with Bob Badybar and Kevin Gisheski. Each week, we cover relevant tech and social issues related to technology. Our website is bobandkevin.show. And our episodes can be found virtually on any podcast network. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Bob and Kevin Show. Listening and watching. This is uh, Bob from the Bob and Kevin Show, and that guy over there on the other side of the screen. I have no idea which direction it is. That's my ah. good friend, and co-host Kevin. Kevin, I, I see you. You are actually wearing a very on-brand shirt for today's conversation—a NASA right. shirt. That's right. So, yeah, for the listeners only, I'm wearing a custom-made NASA shirt. Even put a flag over here. That's right. I was going to ask if that was a uh, a Scribbler original. It is, but it's a one of a kind. I, I usually make shirts and whatnot just for me. So I don't really sell shirts. I sell a lot of designs, but the shirts themselves, I don't sell. Um, So do you ever anticipate that you will be selling the shirts? I don't because I've done a lot of screen printing over the last year or so. And I've done it the traditional emulsion method. I've done it with some sort of um, like one minute expose out in the sunlight methods. And I've used vinyl and they all have their pros and cons. The emulsion method is absolutely finicky and absolutely messy and expensive. So there's one demerit against that. The... <laughs> Like the uh, uh, the method that you use, like a, it's like a sheet. It's like an eight eight by ten sheet of photosensitive paper. So you put a transparency on it. You take it out in the sunlight for a minute, and it actually works way better than the emulsion method. But it's not stretched on a screen, so therefore it's really difficult. That then when you put it on the shirt to apply yeah. your, your your ink, and then there's vinyl, which looks really good. Except until you realize it's vinyl, and then you're like, oh, it's vinyl. <laughs> so, yeah. there's that. I get those concerns. Totally get those. Well, we're not actually here today to talk about custom screen printing. We're actually here to talk about the buzz around the globe, uh, or at least in Kevin and I's world for the most part, that there's been some legislation that was kind of, I wouldn't say snuck into one of the recent uh COVID relief packages, but this was uh, back when we had Dear Leader, uh, President DJT. Uh, he actually signed into some legislation for COVID-19 relief, but the kicker, uh, that COVID relief package had a little clause in it about the United States government having 180 days to turn over everything that they know about extraterrestrial life. Uh, unidentified flying objects and whatever other, what is it, UAPs or what is the other Unidentified acronym? aerial phenomena. Phenomena. Yeah. UAP. I got that right. Yes. So um, can I ask a question? Go ahead. You most certainly may. They have six months to turn it over to who? I think they have, oh, that's a really good question. I'm assuming it was, it's actually six months to declassify it. So I think once it's declassified, it can be FOIA'd, correct? Uh, FOIA, Bob's amazing acronym usage, is the Freedom of Information Act usage, meaning that Bob and Kevin could possibly submit our own FOIA request to the government and say, hey, 
Are these aliens real? Tell us what you know, right? Yes, but we're probably going to let good friends at organizations like Vice or other uh, professional reporting organizations collect that information. And you better damn well bet come June or late May, whenever that 180 days passes and this information starts coming out, the Bob and Kevin show will be talking about aliens again. Well, so that's aren't we con- talking oh, about aliens today too? Yes, but we'll be talking about them again in six months for sure when this information comes out. Nice. So- This legislation was kind of the genesis of us wanting to discuss this topic again today. Uh, And so we started doing some research. And it just so happens that it's not only the Bob and Kevin show that are interested in alien technology and all things space related. A good friend of the show, Joe Rogan often has guests on (laughs) to. He never calls me back though jerk yeah that might be a little bit of a stretch (laughs) him and elon are pretty cold about getting back to us but uh anyway joe obviously is excited about some of this upcoming uh release of information and has kind of ramped up some guests on his own and and two that he had on in december right around the time where this legislation was being announced um he had on travis walton and kevin if you want to go ahead and help everybody out on let everybody know who Travis is and how his claim to fame. So Travis Walton is the, is the protagonist or maybe the one of the main characters of the movie fire in the sky, which was circa 1993. Now I saw that probably not in the theater. I saw it somehow, some way back in the day. And I thought it was one of the most compelling, like, alien abduction movies that was that's been dramatized and uh the the story takes place uh in 1975 travis gets abducted blah 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 things happen and then he comes back and then basically they're like where have you been for five days so that's travis but he had no idea that it was five days he thought that he got knocked out in the woods and when he came to his buddies ran And it turns out that it was actually a a big lag, five-day lag, five days of missing time. Um, One of the things I found interesting about his story, his interview with Joe, is that apparently that wasn't a a one-off instance for him with his contact with the quote-unquote extraterrestrial. So I thought that was... um, thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So, of course, Joe even talked about, you know... (laughs) I can be fooled. You can be fooled. I've been fooled before. Bob Lazar has been here. Didn't really fool me or at least didn't make me think I'm, you know, being fooled. Um, So he was kind of, you could tell, I think during the podcast, he was trying to do some sort of, is this guy full of shit or not? Because, and I don't know if you noticed this, he would ask for details, exactly what I would do. So I thought Joe did a good idea, uh, which is how many eyes did they have? What were they what was he wearing? You know, like asking for very specific details. And either this guy's really good at handling these situations because maybe he's very practiced. I don't know. But he pretty much fired off. Yeah. Well, here's the answer and blah, blah, blah. So what do you think, Bob? Can I can I go well, right for it? Did, did, did he seem believable? You can try to go right for it. I mean, did he seem believable? <laughs> um, yeah. One of the things that shocked me um, pretty early on. So listening and watching on Spotify, cause Joe's exclusively on Spotify now, but he got them to do video, which is very interesting. Um, I 
found myself questioning how old the guy was, how old Travis was, because he he struck me as a a much older gentleman in his presentation, in his speech patterns, in kind of the way he was retelling. And I looked it up, and he's only 63. So in the grand scheme of things, he's only 13 years older than I am. And he struck me as being much older, like even possibly a decade older. Now, could that be from a hard life of being interviewed constantly about this experience? I don't know. But one of the things that Joe commented on in relation to Travis and in relation to Bob Lazar is the consistency of the retelling. Now, we could go down a psychological rabbit hole pretty quickly. If you tell the same story enough times, you're going to actually convince yourself that it's true. Yeah, almost like an election. So, right. <laughs> so, that, yeah. Oh, it all uh-huh. comes back to that. It does. So, um, I didn't, I actually didn't know this was the name of the person from the movie, but I thought it was a great movie. He did say that some of the things in there were definitely like, oh, no, that didn't happen. Blah, blah, blah. You know, this it was like this, but how else were they supposed to convey, you know, that? So, you know, they took some uh, creative you know, license on that. And he did say they're considering making a remake of that movie, which I thought was like, Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that must've been when I totally got distracted by that work thing. The thoughts and opinions of Bob and Kevin of the Bob and Kevin show are exclusively the thoughts of Bob and Kevin and not the thoughts of their employers past present and probably not future. Before we get too far into things, um, should should we do a should we do a live read? Yeah, I, I do think we should. And um, so I will go ahead and take it this week. So imagine you're just a couple of people and you're like, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could just <laughs> talk and do the podcast and not have to worry about anyone anything that you gotta do afterwards or whatnot, maybe upload it later, stuff like that, because Who's got time to like take separate audio feeds from across a thousand miles apart, put them together, drop in some edits here and there, not for content, but for like sh- uh, show music and things like that. Who's got time for that? Well, I'll tell you who. Uh, Josh Beatty Barr does. And yeah, not us. <laughs> not us. <laughs> Definitely. In fact, we hired Josh to do this for us because he owns Beatty Bar Media. And it's an online editing production company that specializes in music, podcast production, and video services for creators of all backgrounds. Uh, They have efficient, reliable services that will save you time, stress, and any product. And let me tell you, uh, I definitely like not having to do anything but read this and then give it to him when we're done. And how can you take part of this? Well, in the biz, we call it a call to action. This is what we want you to do. <laughs> is it weird? That, Look at uh, you sound like a goddamn professional. I know. It's, it's, it's getting scary. Uh, so, Beatty Bar Media is willing to give you, the listener, that's right, the one who's listening right now, 10% discount on any new project for our listeners. If you go to this URL, fill out a, uh, a form, you can get in on it. It's www.beatty.com dash bar dot media slash bk show i'm gonna say that one more time www.baity that's b-a-t-y dash bar b-a-r-r dot media slash bk show to claim your discount and uh we would actually really appreciate uh you patronizing josh because when you support our sponsors you are supporting the bob and kevin show all right bob how to do but kevin 
I feel like there's listeners out there saying, but I'm not a podcaster. Well, first of all, anybody can be a podcaster. But second of all, Josh can do your, you know, wedding video, your, well, I mean, once weddings are a thing again, but <laughs> he can also help you live stream said socially distanced uh, affair. He can edit a, a, a mixtape, help you edit a mixtape for a, a long distance lover, if you will. I, he, his skills are unlimited. Uh, if it's audio, video, technology related, he's your guy. So um, we can move on from the live read and get back to the alien content. So I am, I'm on the fence as with all of, you know, like I can't, I, I'm not going to state for the record whether he's believable or not. Uh, that's related to Travis. Um, I do tend to agree with the fact that he was very consistent in his telling. Um, I thought it was very interesting how he did point out things in fire in the sky that were the dramatized things that he didn't necessarily, you know, well, they weren't true. Um, he did, as you mentioned, you know, he had trouble breathing inside the craft. I think in the movie, they represented that by him having some kind of membrane covering his, you know, breathing area. And he said that wasn't the case just, you know, but you know, in a live action movie, someone just sitting there gasping for air that might be hard for the the user to you know jump into that so uh i just thought it was i thought it was interesting the way he started mentioning you know it was a standard saucer you know saucer configuration ship that it wasn't necessarily gigantic in size uh you know some of those features you know i just don't know yeah i don't know so how about you what are your so thoughts? I want to compare and contrast him a little bit with Bob Lazar because they're kind of regarded as, you know, kind of similar. Both have some sort of firsthand account of some extraordinary things. And if Carl Sagan were a panelist here, he would say, well, you know, Bob and Kevin, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. And so right now, I don't know that there's a ton of evidence from Travis other than a really good story. Now he did go through with Joe and this and this and this, but you know, as the skeptics will point out, it's all like, well, you could have been just hiding. You could have been here. What, what is it that you have to back up your story? Now that doesn't mean it didn't happen because maybe aliens are like, here, Hey guys, all we got to do is just make him, you know, like let's do his laundry, give him a shower. <laughs> and then we'll put him back in, in the middle of town and then people won't believe him. You know, that's, that's super possible. I did like one thing he did bring up, but it's a kind of a common thing in the UFO community. It's like, you know, if, if you see an alien ship, it's not by chance, you know, let's say, you, you know, we see, it's not like the aliens like, Oh dang it. They saw us. Shucks. No, if you can do interstellar travel, you're you're deliberately either not caring if you get seen or you want to be seen, you know, and, and I laugh every time people are like, look at the lights in the sky, uh, you know, brake lights and headlights. Those are for cars and planes. I don't think there's any UFO laws that say, hey, you know, you got to have some right. flight, light, you know, <laughs> port and starboard lights there going on. So, again, uh, lights in the sky is kind of like, mm. But uh, was he believable? Oof. I, I'm trying to separate the fact that I really like the movie from the person who claims to have it happen to them. Alien abduction just seems like s 
part of me is like, why would aliens want anything to do with this? Have you have have you not seen humans for five minutes? I don't know. Well, and another thing though, like even partway through the episode, Joe had referred to it as an abduction and kind of Travis, you know, halted him a little bit. And he's like, I don't know if I would necessarily consider this an abduction as like an ambulance run. So like when he came up on the craft, you know, he ended up getting too close to it and he doesn't think that he was attacked. He thinks that because of his proximity to the energy source, he got zapped and that the little green men who weren't little green men, came out basically to help him. So I thought that was a very interesting take on it. It's just so funny because there are just so many things that keep clicking in my head that I can't necessarily make sense of. You know, the fact that there's conventions that these guys go to all the time or a a lecture circuit that they all go to. And so, you know, he gets asked these questions. He presents this information. You know, he tells the story a million times over. So he's going to get really good at it. Do you think that it's like to stand out in the crowd? It's like they didn't kidnap me to stick probes in my anus. They actually helped save me. Like, I mean, is he trying to come up with a unique story? I don't know. So the takeaway is, is the aliens are really worried about legal liability. The lawyers have warned them that if you accidentally zap any humans, you better take care of them. Got it. (laughs) Well, he, he addressed that because he said on the circuit, you know, at these speaking engagements, you know, where he's been in the same place where Bob Lazar is, but they've never really sought each other out, which I thought that was pretty interesting as well. But he said, you know, conspiracy theorists, which also cracked me up, you know, that he was mentioning conspiracy theorists would come up to him and say, you know, they, they take us and they do experiments on us and they destroy the bodies. And he's like, well, tell me who that happened to. And the guy would say, you know, well, this is a guy that's out on the circuit telling these stories. I'm like, but is he a victim? <laughs> tell me a victim name. Right. You know, and that it just... It's so well, it's so well packaged. It makes me skeptical. Well, yeah. The thing is with people like this, there are these conventions and it's, it reminds me of the flat earth people. It's like, what are you famous for? Oh, you're famous for your theory, your story about flat earth and your ability to do this. And you make money on your thing. So when people like this write a movie or, I'm sure he got money for the movie. I'm sure he'll get money for the remake. He's written a book. He goes to the conference. It pays to be this guy. And I don't know about you. If I get abducted or ambulanced by an alien, I am (laughs) scarred for life. And I'm just like, you know, a nervous wreck. You know, maybe that's just me. But this guy just like, yeah, it happened. No big deal. Hey, who's going to win a Super Bowl? You know, it's like, wait, what? you just can't. How do you how do you be so cold to this idea? Well, I think, you know, the repetition, the distance and, you know, the time away from the event. I'm sure he I mean, he's very polished, which, again, gives me skepticism. But, you know, if we can bleed the two kind of like the people together in the topics, the other um, episode that we watched, Ari, how do you pronounce his last name? Oh, gosh. Put uh, me on the spot. Uh, oh, wait, is it Avi? It's it, Avi, yeah, right? He's Israeli, so it's it's very much one of those kind of names. Um, you Labor, Lobi. Avi well, Lobe. Anyway, yep. Avi Lobe. So when Joe was talking to Avi, you know, so you have the, the firsthand experience of the person who was, had the alien encounter, and then you have someone approaching it from the theoretical side of things, and it's like, you know, he kept bringing up over and over again that, you know, 
we can't limit ourselves from what our current imagination allows us to view as reality. So it's it becomes really hard to, you know, to to put this on, you know, to say how who are we to say that he's not being a hundred percent authentic? Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally get it, totally get it. But it's human nature for us to go, hey, is this guy bullshitting or what? You know, I mean, just it's just. <laughs> That's that's just a natural human reaction there to be like, hmm, I don't know, you know, how is it this person is only one blah blah. So I I know I sound like a skeptic here. I totally want aliens to be real. <laughs> I totally do. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'm just not convinced though that. Well, here here's the problem for me. It, have you ever had a dream that you thought was so real that you're like, did that really happen? Or was that a dream? I don't know if you've ever had, I have. And of Not course, in a very long time, right. which makes me sad. <laughs> and you know, with, with certain consumable, uh, um, things, um, those things are much more possible. Not saying that, you know, they were doing it because there was what, five or seven of them. You know, there was a, there was a group of them. You can't have a same dream together. Right. Right. So there's that, but you can definitely conspire with people, um, and be like, all right, here's a thing. You know, they were, they were awarded, it looks like $5,000 according to Wikipedia for having the best UFO story of the year, you know, in, uh, around that time. So, yeah, but a 30 year conspiracy, it just, I mean, I get it that they exist, but that just seems like an awfully long game for, I mean, <sighs> well, uh, I hate to bring it back to modern day, but obviously pushing a big enough lie can have real world consequences and it not, does but we're talking only about the with the election just a though. handful of time oh, okay so you've got bigger than election well, okay go well, ahead the original big All lie the original <laughs> thank you your honor the original big lie um, resulted in a lot of people dying in europe in the mid 40s or early to mid 1940s so you know i think the power of well and then the flat earthers is my also thing is it's one of those things. Well, I can convince you because you can't convince yourself that it's not true. It's, it's, it's one of those, you know, using it, people like own mind against themselves. You know, I can say something and I know if I'm smart enough and I'm thinking of the flat earth guy, and I can't remember his name for the life of me. Thank God. Um, you yes, know, if I, God. <laughs> thank God, I can't remember your name. Thank um, the flat earth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm just, you know, these people are less about is flat earth real or not or, or globe. And they're more about, I just want to fuck with people. I just want to see how far I can take this. And once I know where the safe zone is, I just operate within that safe zone. And I know they can't refute me and they, and, and whatnot. It's just like any other conspiracy. As long as you can't, Prove it or disprove it. Oh, that's good fodder for just bullshitting. And you can turn a lot of that bullshit into money. And I've been to some of these conferences. Yes, Kevin has been to some of these conferences. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and these people just love to have the, they like to out crazy that each other with their stories. And that's what I'm, part of me is going, yeah, I've been to these. And you know what? These conventions that I'm turning up to being, they're money making ventures because everyone's selling UFO things like, you know, swag and, and, you know, they have all these speakers and I'm just like, are we all just like 
in fantasy land here? I mean, cause, cause I know I'm just like, I wish, but I know there's probably not aliens. Are y'all, do y'all believe that too? Or are y'all right. just crazy? But does the, <laughs> does the capitalism aspect of it, should that take away from the poss- the potential validity of somebody's story? Oh, spoken, that, spoken I mean, like a true alien abduction guy. <laughs> well, That's okay, what you so, would say. <laughs> so here's where it starts to get weird for me. So we're going to now blend a bunch of the different topics for today's show. Kind of, you know, we're going to go through the potpourri part of it. So you've got Travis, you've got Bob Lazar. Um, Travis spoke about a different, a couple different formations or um, configurations that he's seen because he's had multiple contacts you know, and that's a whole nother conversation we'll bring up in a couple minutes. But then Bob Lazar also talked about, you know, the various configurations that he's witnessed. You know, we've got the Tic Tac, we've got the pyramid, we've got the traditional saucer-esque kind of thing. Um, we've got the solar sail thing that's, that, you know, we got the history uh, channel uh, alien guy with the crazy hair. Everything's aliens. All right, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) But so to jump ahead or to jump into another one of the topics, we have our Navy has applied for patents Ooh, that yeah. starts to delve into propulsion things that Bob Lazar was talking about that, you know, talking about energy fields that Travis is talking about. So like, are these people, uh, uh the guy from the Navy, uh, I, Dr. I will take it from there, Bob. His name is Dr. Yes, go ahead. Salvatore Pace or Pice. It's uh, P-A-I-S. On Wikipedia, it says he is an American aerospace engineer and the inventor of the United States Air Force and inventor of the United. Wait, how can you be the inventor of the United States Air Force? Maybe he was an inventor for. Okay, poor grammar, bad radio. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) so okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna wing it. He's a guy allegedly that's got some patents for the U.S. government, but from what I can understand, we're not even sure if this guy is real. Is that is that what you kind of gleaned? Does anyone know if this person actually exists? I believe that in one of the articles that we looked at from Vice, uh, actually, let's uh, new can view for a, her. Can I see a picture of what this man looks like? Is all I'm saying. They do not have a picture. I'm actually, uh, for Kevin's not seeing the live show, I'm actually scrolling the article that was on Vice. Um, The patents are filed. uh, And so Salvatore Pace, the man behind the patents and the war zone. So apparently there's a company called the war zone. uh, Essentially pays is proclaiming to use properly spun electromagnetic fields. I mean, it's a pretty detailed article about what the technology entails. So I'm assuming that he's a real person. Well, Bob, who invented Bitcoin? Uh, Shitori, Satoshi. I don't know, what, what's Satoshi? Na- yeah. Uh, yeah. Satoshi something. Nakamura. Anyway, he doesn't exist either. Cause that's well, a they, pen name, right? But they, all right. So, but they interviewed Pace and he, you know, they have a quote, continued to toot his own plasma horn. Plasma right. horn. <laughs> Do realize that my work culminates in the enablement of the pays effect. So he's got a, an effect named after himself, which is uh, interesting because that kind of goes back to what Avi was talking about. 
you know, the, in the different disciplines of science where some scientists are just all about, you know, giving themselves accolades and naming theoretical things after themselves. So did, um, did you find anything that actually described what the pace effect was? Cause I couldn't actually find what is the pace effect other than in a Wikipedia uh, article says it could not be proven. I'm like, uh, okay, but what was it? It's, it's similar to what Lazaro was talking about with the, um, basically creating the void in front. If you remember that episode, the propulsion yes. that they were yes. studying, that basically it was creating a void in front of the object that was sucking the object forward continually at an incredibly high rate. Well, that's called a warp drive, right? Well, right. But I think that that is the, I think that's the basis of okay. the pace effect is an electromagnetic, electromagnetic radiation in a local okay. vacuum energy. Let's state. assume for a minute he does exist. You can go on Google patent right now and look up us one zero one four, four, five, three, two Bravo two and find an awarded patent to the inventor, Salvatore Cesar pace, which was, well, can uh, you, can you apply for a patent if you're not a real person? I, I don't know. I can I can do a lot apparently if you're not a real person. Apparently I can have a whole cryptocurrency, you know, and whatnot. So apparently, right? Anyway, so he's hey, it's attributed to equations him. in here. This must be legit. <laughs> it's attributed to him. So what is this patent? So that was a patent number, by the way. Um a craft using inertial mass reduction device comprises of an inner resonant cavity wall, an outer resonant cavity wall, and microwave emitters. Wow, this sounds like something totally ripped from a sci-fi show. They have a picture of it, and what it basically is, and I was trying to describe it to one of my kids, and it's basically an underwater submarine that can fly to space. I'm like, does that cover everything, right? Well, but think about it, though. In some of the... um when the Tic Tac videos were coming out earlier last year and they were declassifying some of that, they were talking about the experiences of the air force guys that were out off the coast of San Diego, right? Or somewhere yep, out right. off the coast that's of California. Right. Mm -hmm. And they were seeing ships that were airborne and then submerged and or submerged and then airborne. So, I mean, this all like really, it starts to click together scary for me scary enough it does for me too so the timeline <laughs> of this patent so that the navy was awarded this patent through this inventor um it was initially filed in 2016 and then it was granted um in 2018 and it is due to expire in the year 2036 so the thing is with a patent you don't actually have to have a working um prototype of it but you do have to withstand some sort of, you know, rigor and whatnot. And there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I'm not going to even begin to try to read any of this. If you want to go check it out, check it out. But basically we'll what show notes, basically what they're saying here is, yeah, um, we not saying we found a, a UFO, but we're going to make one based on apparently one. <laughs> and it's going to be really cool. Just you wait, wait and see, you know, nuclear bombs ain't going to have shit on this. This is just going to be the cat's meow, right? Yeah. And what were they saying that the, this technology that he's proclaiming uh, will engineer the fabric of reality. So, and it just all ties in so closely to what Lazar has been studying. Now, could this be 
a delusional person in you know the military that patented something that he hopes to make one day? I, I don't know. So I don't know. But if it, it sounds awful lot like Lazar's stuff. I don't know if you've seen this one. He's got a second patent with the Navy, and it is a plasma compression fusion drive. Holy crap! There's some. Well, yeah, that's the not not to toot his own plasma horn. Exactly. <laughs> that's what so that this was one is to. For our uh, listeners, US 201-902-957-33 Alpha 1 is your patent number. And this one is still patent pending. So if they create this plasma compression fusion drive, it'll have patent pending on the side rather than patented. Because this one is not yet approved. But this one here... Um, has something to do with fusion energy, bunch of strong, long, big words in there. Wow. What did I just describe? Anyway, moving on, (laughs) (laughs) um, plasma compression fusion device. And it, you know, it's all in patent terms and drawings and things like that. So, um, do you know what these drawings remind me of is so funny. These drawings remind me of the, uh, outside in algorithm or the inside out algorithm from uh silicon valley remember their compression algorithm oh gotcha and they they were doing the whole (laughs) (laughs) the phallic symbols coming together (laughs) yeah but look at the look at figure two yeah so it's (laughs) now i know why my description of this device sounded pretty awkward (laughs) um wow so salvatore pace if that's how we say his name May or may not exist. Bob, I'm guessing you think he does. I'm not so convinced. I'm thinking this is like a pseudo, like, hey, we need somebody to be the inventor. Okay. We, yep. But so the, the inventor of Bitcoin might not be a real person, but Bitcoin still exists. So, right. so what if this patent is a pseudonym? It, nothing. A nom de, nom de plume. I mean, somebody <laughs> obviously created Bitcoin and they're just trying right. to put an indirection layer between themselves and bitcoin same thing here i think maybe this this pseudonym is just an indirection layer i don't know why you'd need one but um the the interesting bits are like protection yes but from who i mean yeah i guess i guess you can't go interview him right you can't go interview the fake person you can't interview the person who invented bitcoin so you do kind of get a little bit of privacy there uh, Bob Lazar certainly doesn't have any privacy, but you know what? I'm not convinced that he doesn't like, you know, he might like the whole UFO circuit himself. Yeah. For like Travis, maybe. Um, but it is interesting that it's from the department of Navy, the, the same branch of military that had to do with the San Diego, uh, tick tack. I almost said tick tock, tick tack, um, things. And, um, and it's also further interesting that apparently in six months, the government will tell us all they know. Do you really believe that, Bob? I don't. <laughs> well, I know you don't. Um, that's your role on the show. But part of me thinks that um, the only reason why that legislation ended up being you know, put in there and got approved is maybe all this stuff with these patents and the declassification of these videos. Maybe this is all they got, you know, maybe they're going to come out and say, man, we'd love to show you more. We'd love to declassify more, but actually it's all out there. When I see a patent for a transporter system, like on star Trek, 
I'm just gonna be like, come on now. Are you just are you just stretching here? Are you just like picking things off TV? So do we know that there's not a patent out there for something similar? Because I mean, I guess you don't have to have it real to no to patent I, it, right? I don't know what the patent process is. I know it's there is a process, and some things that have been awarded patents, you kind of scratch your head like the mouse click, you know, stuff like it's like what? How's that patentable? You know, um, and then other things are like, they didn't, they, they'll not give you a patent. And it's like, what? why not? That seems obvious. Why wouldn't you get, I don't know the process. So who knows? Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. Maybe if you can just dream it up, you can apply for a patent. Maybe that's the whole game, you know, because I know like big tech companies love to just have a portfolio of patents just in case we need to just sue your case. ass, yeah. you know? Hey, well, turns out we actually own that patent. Who would have thunk? We bought this other company over here and they, they patent that stupid shit, <laughs> but now we can sue you. This is awesome. Anyway, as, as a total tangent and aside to what we're talking about, um, if, if you're listening to the show and you find any of this stuff, interesting, uh, motherboard, which is the tech division of vice, the, you know, vice network of reporting and news, I guess, motherboard, uh, just story after story about, you know, this type of alien technology and, you know, UFO sightings and, you know, what patents and things like that are out there. So it's, it's a very interesting, uh, it's one of my new favorite web sections for news now. (laughs) So I, I'm, I'm, highly open to uh, yeah i'm hoping to learn some stuff about aliens it's it's funny because when the whole pandemic thing started everyone's like oh man those those doomsday preppers not so crazy anymore huh i want that and then you kind of look at the homeschoolers uh and i know homeschooling is not that like weird but sometimes you sometimes it is weird you look at the homeschoolers go yeah that wasn't a bad idea either so maybe one day we'll be looking at these uh these people like you know the former blink 182 uh, guitarist Tom DeLong, and right now I'm looking. I'm going, dude. <laughs> We've mentioned him on the you, show before. <laughs> what are you thinking, man? Go play your guitar and we'll rock out. But man, he gave all that up to chase aliens, and that's that's impressive. You've, that's dedicated, right there. Maybe after you have a bunch of money and royalties coming in, you can do those sorts of things. So maybe Bob, I will make you that promise. If we get a bunch of Bob and Kevin show royalties coming in, maybe maybe that's what I'll do too. Who knows? Well. I think, going it's our responsib- day, so you know. I think it's our responsibility if the, if the show becomes, you know, what we hope it to be, we, we've got to go to these conventions. We've got to go to, you know, we've got to do the research. So I mean, that's kind of what I think. So can we spend a little time talking about uh, Avi yes. and his appearance? Um, so yes, he was on Joe Rogan for a long format thing. Um, he's obviously a very credible uh, astronomer is that how he classifies himself I think he is classified as an astronomer astrophysicist I don't know who knows but he was also featured on CNN talking about the propulsion aspect of man I wish I could remember how to pronounce it the, <laughs> I was going to see what you're going to say <laughs> Uma Wuma or whatever it's called right <laughs> oh Uma Uma Wuma yeah Uma is it? Wuma, I don't know um, I- Umo Wumo. That weird cigar shaped, interestingly, yes. another phallic shaped item floating around our universe or solar system, right? Yes. And I think that that phrase is Hawaiian for traveler, I believe, something similar to that. But anyway, uh, 
piece of thing, size of a football field, I think it's being referenced as, that is hurtling through space. And it was originally classified as a comet, yet it has no tail. And it is actually moving faster than other objects like comets. And so they're trying to figure out, since it kind of snuck up on us, that we weren't able to actually observe it. So they're doing all these, I guess, theoretical calculations, uh, investigations on how it's propelling itself through space. And the, the best thing that Avi's been able to come up with is it's like a solar sail. It's uh, when light hits it on one side, it actually uses that as an energy source to propel it. Apparently it rotates at a very specific time. Um, like it rotates, does a revolution over the course of eight hours he referenced so I don't know how repeatable that is, but they talk about how the reflective nature, you know, they can see the light side versus the dark side and track that, um, you know, just via high powered light monitoring. So his theory is that, you know, it's, it's not from this world and it's propelling itself. So allegedly because it's moving so fast, it can't be a comet. Because right. um, comets and other things that are bound by our sun kind of have to travel within a certain speed limit. Otherwise, it breaks out just just like anything else. If if Earth were spinning around sun too fast, we would no longer be spinning around the sun. We would be hurled out of the solar system. So that's kind of uh, one kind of interesting thing that we think this is the first detected extrasolar object that has come in and just kind of hung out as far as being a comet not comet a comet is you know just an icy ball of rock and dust right so the tail points away from the sun because of the solar um wind and whatnot so it could actually the tail could actually be out in front of a comet you know when it leaves uh the solar system so classifying and comets a, are always evaporating like that's what contributes right. to the tail is the rapid evaporation which also causes it to reduce in size which uh this little object is not showing signs of doing like a comet yeah so um and apparently it snuck up on us um yeah i mean they're so damn fast <laughs> yeah some interesting things about it but you know it's kind of like i don't know the whole correlation causation thing uh my wife was saying the other day more politics here business x ever since joe biden took over which was like two weeks ago business has just dropped off i'm like wait a second you're saying because joe because <laughs> joe biden took over now there's no business in that short amount of time by the way i also took a shit every day since then and instead of at two o'clock it was at three o'clock was that the reason the business was no longer getting business because i altered my shitting patterns no thanks um, biden <laughs> yeah thanks joe <laughs> um so what i'm getting at is is you can't make too much of a decision based on too little data there's just like no corroboration just because we see one thing we we can't can't back up we can certainly speculate it as a comet it's alien it's whatever blah 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 but it's like one thing it's like one data point it's like show me the graph well how many data points well, you got? It, one <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up the data points did you know 
that there was a similar object that was tracked after that. Uh, I think it was after that displaying similar characteristics and was actually being propelled by the reflection of light. But do you know what the most fascinating aspect about that piece I of bet you're gonna tell us. debris was? Yes. That piece of debris was actually the rocket housing from something that we've already sent into space. Oh, from Displaying like the uh, Mercury era? Yes. So it was a hollowed out tube, basically, um, light, aerodynamic-ish, but catching reflection from the sun and propelling it through its orbit pattern. So, Tumbling just in a very similar way. So, so there's two data points. One of them is ours. You're saying the rock is a spent rocket housing from an alien technology. It could be. Um, and that's one of the things that Avi kept going back to is that a lot of his colleagues that speak out against him um, just won't make an allowance for mm. such a concept because their reality is bound or is guardrailed by them not willing to apply their imagination. Oh, gotcha. And he also, like that episode was, oh, it was intriguing to me because it was supposed to be about, you know, evidence of outside life, all that good stuff, uh, otherworldly life. And it actually was a pretty long discussion about how theoretical mathematicians and things like that, it's super cool for them to um, create theories and try to prove them out in the realm of not real. But when it comes to astronomy and astrophysics, you know, one of the first complaints that are thrown up is that, well, that's not bound in any kind of reality. What reality does that, is that tied to? <laughs> so fact, I thought that was a very interesting. I believe it's yes. pronounced Umamua. And it means Umamua, thank you. to, U means to reach out for, and Mua is for first in advance of. And it's Hawaiian, as you mentioned. So it wasn't Traveler. So I was completely talking on my ass. And I apologize <laughs> for that. This is Wikipedia, Wikipedia true, by the way. So who knows? Probably All right. right. So there's a chance that I could be right. <laughs> so so I, I like to be skeptical about everything. But um, so to your point about not allowing to have these thoughts, man, I... I I allow myself to have probably too many thoughts. It could be alien. It could be just a hunk of junk. It could be a space turd. It could be anything, you know, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And I, and until you can prove it one way or the other, you know, it lives in that little ambiguous zone of, yeah, we have your, your ideas is just as good as mine, you know? So that's a little disappointing that scientists have to say, no, it's a rock because why? Cause well, cause I don't want to believe it aliens because here's all the reasons yeah i get it but that's not evidence that's a that's like you want to you want it to be this what's the evidence what, say and one of his colleagues actually he quoted one of his colleagues of saying that he just he just wished it didn't even exist and obvious response to that was well why would you you know like part of what we're here to do is to learn about, you know, and he, he was basically likening his colleague by saying he wished it didn't exist because then they don't have to try to explain it if it didn't exist, you know? So it, that episode was very interesting to me in that it wasn't necessarily so much about aliens. I mean, they definitely touched upon, you know, if they were scientists, you know, or if the aliens coming to visit here were studying us, our best role would be to listen when they come, not to like react and, you know, 
launch the military right away and all that good stuff. So which there was one do you think will happen though, Bob? Oh, totally B. We will launch the military. <laughs> I've seen Independence Day. I know how this is going to end. <laughs> it's exactly what I was envisioning. <laughs> um, uh, uh, another thing that's kind of like man's just like, oops, guess we should have thought of that, but we didn't think of that, is the fact that we like emit so much radio waves from our planet and it's got to look like a freaking bright ass Christmas tree to everybody else within, what, what do you say? It was like a... It's like a hundred, I don't know how many light years, but a lot of light years. I think he said it was a hundred light, a hundred million light years or something like that. Yeah. He said that, but that doesn't make sense to me because we've, we've only had, we've only been shooting off electromagnetic stuff for a hundred years. So where does the million does it travel? Does it travel at the speed of light? Or maybe it's a hundred light years. I don't know. Yeah. uh, I think he said a hundred million. Maybe he didn't. We'll have to go back to the tapes, but no, Light travels at, I don't know, the speed of light. And a radio wave is, well, uh, a speed of light. So you can influence, you can slow down light. You can't speed it up past the cosmic speed limit, but you can put it in a medium and refract it and all this fun stuff. So anyway, so if you're 100 light years from us, which I think Proxima Centauri uh, is within 100 light years of us, and if they were like, you know, green dudes be like, hey, man, let's go fuck with the Earthers. You know, they they come over here and <laughs> they'd be like, we got a roadmap. Easy. It's the one. It's Easy the one that's lit up like a Christmas tree, dude. <laughs> let's go. Yeehaw. Yeah. So let's go. Let's go. Let's go kidnap a few and like, you know, touch them or something. Yeah, yeah. They were laughing about that. If we were if our goal was to listen first, we blew that 100 years ago, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I think at this point, you know, it's, it's, we're the deer, we're the prey and they're the predators. If in fact, that's the case, cause they, they're hunting us now. If, if they got any sort of malintentions, if we taste like bacon, we're screwed, Bob. That's all I'm getting at. <laughs> I think we'll taste like chicken, but, uh, no, Joe <laughs> even mentioned a couple of times that, you know, the whole process of like on this planet, you know, we track animals and we tag them. And then we let them go. And then we come back and visit them again a little later, you know, drop the net on them from the helicopter, tranquilize them, you know. So he was kind of likening that that maybe w- could be what, uh, you know, Travis was experiencing with his multiple contacts. It was also funny that Travis, like several times in the interview, was like, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that after. So, like, there are several things that he didn't want to bring fully to light, which I thought was pretty interesting as well. Yes. And if you were out to make money, well played. Such a tease, such a tease. There's more. I've got to know. <laughs> I should go to the next UFO conference. He'll, he'll have a special room where I can get VIP access. Oh, I'm being, yeah, that guy. I'm at least sorry. he doesn't have a book coming out, but I guess he does go <laughs> he's to already got a book. Shows. He's already, right. well, he's already he got a book. a new book though. Right, right, right. Anyway, I'm, I'm curious just out of sheer curiosity. If you're abducted by aliens, what do you do as a day job? Do you sell insurance? Do you do you work in computer programming? Uh, do you, you you know what do you well, do? Apparently, he was a lumberjack. Okay, you can't do that forever. So what? I mean, eventually, I don't know. What what do you what do you do when you're like an abduction guy and you go to all these conferences and whatnot? Um, do you ask for time off? Hey, I need to. 
need to have next week off. Oh, yeah, how come, Travis? Well, uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, I got abducted by aliens conference. You know, it's just kind of like an well, awkward conversation, I'm, isn't it? I imagine between his book and the conferences and the movie royalties and probably paying for his story, probably doesn't have to have a day job after that. I mean, I'm sure he gets paid to go to the conferences, right? Thanks for falling into my trap. Because, yeah, damn it, I knew it. <laughs> because that's kind of my point. I feel like it's profitable to have a good storytelling element. To I mean, if you're a good storyteller, it's worth it's worth money. And if you if you just know the rules of, well, you can't disprove it either. You know, if that's how you respond to everything. Oh, you don't believe it? Well, you can't can't tell me i didn't do it did can you you know and it's just like uh, and then there's just so many people are like but i want to believe you and then they're just like i want to believe you so much here's 20 bucks for the opportunity for you to just talk to me that's the kind of stuff i'm just like i'm just not so sure i here's what i'm getting at i'd, I'd believe the lumberjack who's still a lumberjack who who might have this story who's like got drinking problems that's the guy i want to believe versus the guy who's like yeah i'm the guy Gives you the double, you know, number one, you know, thumbs up. Hey, well, I think, (laughs) I think back in the day he was that guy, you know, he, he was the guy that was still a lumberjack who tried to like still put his life back together. Just like Lazar, you know, I don't think, I don't think they ran to the spotlight. I think that the spotlight kind of consumed them against their will. I mean, I'm, I'm totally projecting. Well, I'm just reading Wikipedia. They cashed in with it. It says within a few, what was it? a few days or months they cashed in with the national Enquirer. I mean, well, yeah, he said he made it sound like the, the media was all over them within days, like of him being basically reunited with his crew. And he said it was nonstop media madness. Yeah. It was, and it that says, was in the seventies, right? Yep. It says within a few days, $5,000 best prize or prize for the best UFO case of the year. Um, yeah, National Enquirer gets a really shitty rap. Like, you know, <laughs> you don't they, they get, say. <laughs> but, however, comma, they have released so many, you know, they've been the scoop on, yes, they've totally flopped and had a bunch of bullshit. Elvis is in, in Montreal, Bob. He's, he's hanging out speaking French now. Okay, whatever. Right, but let's look at like TMZ is the modern day, uh, the modern day National Enquirer, really, is it, like the is video it? version. No, I, yeah. I don't. I, I it's think often it, been likened to them. I I think it's a spectrum, and yes, they are closer to National Enquirer, TMZ, closer to National Enquirer than I would say CNN, but they are not that close. Come on. Uh, okay, I'll. We can agree to disagree on that one, but. <laughs> Just like Deadspin Sports. Uh, it sounds terrible, but you know what? They got the scoop. National Enquirer, I'm still waiting for them to actually uh, have a lizard princess actually you know, produce one. I'm just saying. Right. But they've had scoops. I mean, they have. So A blind squirrel TMZ finds an acorn every now and then. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> but I guess for me, in the full spectrum of experience, since we're coming up on that magical, mystical hour time, um... For me, I think if you take each one of these things individually, yes, like it's difficult. Is there a crazy guy in the Navy that's patenting shit just to patent shit? Is, you know, 
is Bob Lazar just doing an elongated book tour for the, the end part of his life? Is, you know, is Travis doing the same thing? Um, you know, but when you start to snap the pieces together, it becomes much more compelling when a guy that, you know, has been talking about these types of uh, fusion drives since the, you know, since the end or since, you know, Area 51 became a thing. And then now you've got a guy in the Navy that's patenting something that sounds very similar and ties to the Tic Tac, you know, in the water, out of the water. It just all starts to net net. I'm super excited to hopefully learn something new come June. That's really, I guess, long winded what I'm trying to say. All right. <clears throat> so I, Kevin I, Wiegand, who's listening to the show right now on Facebook says that the weekly world news is where you go to find the truth. I'm not even familiar with that outlet. <laughs> <laughs> What's their circulation. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> so, Okay. Here's what I'm saying. I'm saying it is 2021. We've gone from the age of information to the age of misinformation. And what I'm saying is Donald Trump and his cabal of idiots have ruined the good old fashioned alien conspiracy theory that seemed pretty damn harmless now. And now everybody's got a conspiracy theory about everything and who knows anymore. All I'm saying is I would love aliens to be real. And if it's a conspiracy theory and people are just making a few bucks on the side, man, it's kind of fun and innocent to me, but man, I hope you're right. I hope that, uh, <laughs> I hope like there's a little green man watching our podcast right now in the radio emitted somewhere, uh, from planet earth. That's right. I'm shouting out to the aliens right here from, from planet earth. Yeah. I hope it's all good and right. And they're harmless and all that, but man, oh no, humans be humans is all I'm saying. And there's plenty of people who like to believe this conspiracy stuff. And, Mm. anyway that's me i think there's life out there i think it's arrogant for us to think there's not now could it get to us has it already lived and died you know are there new civilizations on you know new planetary systems that are just getting up to speed you know i think that's probably the more likely thing there's civilizations that were advanced that have probably come and gone you know, there's new ones rising up. Will those paths cross? I think mathematically, it's just a really tough ask in the vastness of space. Is it possible? Yes. Probable? No. But boy, I want to I want to find out that we know something beyond that. <laughs> yes. So if I hear Elon start pitching a submarine that can not only go underwater, fly in the air, and go into outer space, I'm I'm uh. I'm calling bullshit and I'm saying, wait a second, you know, what do you know that we, the rest of us don't know. And speaking of BS, I'm not so sure that the government's actually going to do anything and pro provide anything further. Kind of going back to the beginning of the episode with this freedom of information stuff though. I think it's the same thing. Have you ever read, uh, or not read, but <clears throat> seen the TV series, project blue book. I think we've talked about it before. It's on History Yes, Channel. and I have not caught it. No, it's I a, have not. It's a dramatization, so it's not a documentary, but it has to do with uh, the doctor or the investigator. I forget his title. I forget his name, too. Uh, that the Air Force hired, basically, to provide misinformation to the public. And the whole idea is... is uh, Makes perfect sense. <laughs> the, the idea is that the more he looked into it, the more he is actually like, oh, maybe there is something to this. But the Air Force wanted them to continue to 
say stuff. So that's the that's the trope. That's the story. Uh, that's that's the lore of mid nineteen or twentieth century UFO uh, stuff. And uh, it's it's worth looking at. It's it's kind of interesting. It's kind of fun. It's kind of like X Files light a little bit. You know, it's kind of less creepy, more more storytelling type series. Um, but I would really like to know why any government would be like try to hide any sort of what they know. I mean. It's always like, oh, you guys can't handle the truth. The tr- well, you're humans too. Apparently, you can handle it. Why, why, why can't we? You know, if you can handle it, I can Kevin, handle it. I'm just saying, Kevin, they're better than us. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that gets into the whole thing with like why we had big conspiracies in the last year because people think that there's these shadowy forces out there that are conspiring against us. The only shadowy force that I'm aware of are intelligence services, CIA, KGB. You know, the Mossad, places like that. Yeah, those people do some some trickery stuff. But everyone else is just a bureaucrat. They're in for a few years and they're out. You can't keep secrets. Those people are just like, yeah, no, I'll just get my retirement now. I mean, if anyone had to sign some paper that says, you'll get your full retirement, pension and all, so long as you don't talk about the, and they give the wink and the nod, you know what we're talking about. You know, yeah. Okay, that's a whole other. That's a whole other episode in and of itself. Um, Speaking of speaking of whole other episodes, Wandavision. You asked me the other day if I was watching Wandavision. Man, I started out watching that, going, "What the fuck is going on here, Disney?" When I watched the first episode, I'm like, "Really? That's your show?" And then you know, by time episode three, which I you know was convinced, somebody convinced me, "Oh, you should probably still watch." Now I'm hooked. Now I'm like, yes, this is like yeah, Doctor Who actually, Disney version. So I was actually angry that it was in three by four ratio or a four by three ratio, and then I was so relieved when it expanded out. Oh, didn't want to give any spoilers, but <laughs> Bobby, but yes, it you, for should, everyone. Yep. you should definitely watch that, and uh, we should definitely make that a, a topic of conversation on the next episode. So if you've made it this far. And if you're watching live, or if you find this video somewhere on the interwebs, whether it be Periscope, Facebook Live, Twitch, or YouTube, uh, please know that we are actually a podcast first. It's the Bob and Kevin Show, and it can be found wherever you find your podcast. Uh, The presentation is slightly different than this live show, because Josh from Beatty Bar Media cleans it up for us. But uh, pretty much what you see is what you get. So I'm trying to go weekly. We'll see how that goes. We were successful this past two episodes. We are on episode 88, I believe, today. So we are coming up very quickly on 100 episodes over the course of the last nearly three years or possibly over three years. So um, we're here to stay. Check us out. And uh, Kevin, what do you want to say in conclusion today? Um, I, I think I've already kind of put a a bow on all this i'm going to be very interested in our future episode when we get something juicy to uh to look through for this freedom of information stuff so that's it yeah Excited. come back in june or come back before and uh we'll catch you on the next episode we're out hey have you ever wondered how you can get in touch with us at the bob and kevin show well first you can try us via email at comments at 
bobandkevinshow.com. Or are you more into social? If so, you can find us on Twitter at Bob and Kevin Show. Or on Instagram as Bob N. Kevin Show. That's Bob, the letter N, Kevin Show. And if you're still on Facebook, you can even find us at facebook.com slash Bob and Kevin Show. And for the serious business fans, you can even find us on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash company slash the dash Bob dash Kevin dash show. How's that for a handle? Let's connect. <laughs>